1: hello and welcome to this episode of the rocks pile rockies report brought to you by Rockspile.com. my name is kevin henry one of the co-experts at rocks pile sitting here uh across the miles i should say uh, with my good friend and fellow co-expert noah england good morning noah how are you pretty good how are you hey doing well it's a beautiful day here in vegas so uh you know uh gonna be hot today but uh we'll see how it goes so it's all good but uh, let's, speaking of hot, Tim Melville, let's talk about that day that he had yesterday and the boost that was needed uh, for the Rockies with his performance. And obviously, uh, you know, I was on the flight out to Vegas yesterday when the news broke about John Gray and Noah hopped right on and it got something up on our side about it. But I think for a lot of fans, maybe yesterday, that was kind of the straw that just broke the camel's back as far as the whole season goes.
0: Yeah, and I mean even the fans that were holding out hope. Um, I mean, you could just uh, I've I've used this term before um, for um, games where, for example, I used it when I was texting you a few days ago, and Brian Shaw gave up the tide that he came in when Kyle Freeland came in or had to leave the game. I should say, and it kind of a backbreaker. I mean. Yeah. We knew, we, at least you and I knew that the Rockies would not be contending. I mean, on our last podcast, we talked about that, but I mean that the John Gray injury, I mean, if there was any glimmer of hope whatsoever, like the fan graphs, uh, playoff projections was at uh, 0.1. You, you can knock that down to definite zero now. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: again, I don't, I don't think that's a shock for too many people listening here. I mean, this was not a team. And I love what Thomas Harding said on Twitter the other day that, you know, you look back and so many people glance back to that 2007 run and all the pieces that had to be in place for that team to put together that amazing run toward October. And unfortunately, this 2019 team doesn't have it. There's not a lockdown bullpen. Let's start with. You know, right now, outside of Carlos Estevez and maybe Jairo Diaz, who else are you confident in whenever they come in? You know, that they're going to be able to shut down the other team.
0: Yeah. And that's what we were talking about on the last podcast. I mean, for like closing games, I mean, right now, the only person I would trust is Carlos Estevez.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's a scary thought that we've come to that point, especially knowing how much money is invested in that bullpen. Uh, and how that Carlos is not one of those guys that's been heavily invested in. He's a guy that's, you know, the Rockies have brought up through the system. And he's also a guy I think that has earned the t- trust of Bud Black, at least at this point.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's, uh, there's been some times this year where he's been spotty on the, um, on the control and sometimes he'll overthrow a little bit. Um, but I mean, overall, he's, Outside of Oberg, who's obviously on the injured list now, he's probably been the Rockies' most consistent reliever. Um, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast. The Rockies right now and the National League, they are the second worst team in bullpen ERA. They have a five eighteen bullpen ERA. Mind you, the National League average um is four sixty. Yeah. Um and the National League average for bullpen um, ERA is actually a little bit higher than the major league average. Um, But this weekend they're going to be facing the Cardinals who have the best bullpen ERA as, and I talked about that in my article a little bit um, this morning for the series preview. The Cardinals have five pitchers who have uh, five relievers, I should say with 48 appearances or more with an ERA plus of 119 or better. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for the Rockies, especially this weekend, if the trend continues, they're going to have to be scoring off the starting pitchers. And, I mean, even with that, this, the Cardinals' starting pitchers are pretty good. The reason why the Cardinals are where they are is they're pitching. It sure as heck isn't their offense. Because no. their offense is not that good.
1: No, dare, dare I say that the Cardinals of this year remind me a little bit of the Rockies of last year, that they relied on their pitching to really get them in the position where they are. And, of course, they're battling, you know, for that National League Central top spot. But they have done it through, you're exactly right, it's been the pitching. And, you know, and, and you brought up all the bullpen ERAs a moment ago. I, you know, if you flash back to the trade deadline and everything that was going on, think about how many teams were looking for bullpen help. I mean, obviously, everybody thought, you know, if the Rockies were going to make a move, it might be a start, you know, a fifth a fifth starter. It might be a bullpen guy, whatever it might be. But how many teams just in the National League alone were looking for a bullpen arm? And I think that stat you throws out shows exactly why.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as it is, I mean, we've seen with the increase in home runs. I mean, how many solo home runs have we seen this year? It seems like billions. Yeah. Um, but I mean just looking at the bottom half of bullpen eras a lot of these teams are in contention Arizona's still in contention yep Philadelphia um you could fringe say the Angels and Rangers because they're like six or so games out of the second wild card Milwaukee the Mets um the Nationals these are all teams that are in the bottom half and the the Nationals, I I do have to say, the Nationals have tried just about every way possible. Because I mean, they just signed Greg Holland. They're 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 trying to find more bodies to yeah. get in the bullpen. Um, and so they've been trying everything they can, but they haven't had much success at least thus far. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of teams that with the bullpen. I mean, that's the thing when you're building a team around a bullpen, they're there can be so much turnover a and b you just have for example the rockies you thought oh this is going to be a phenomenal bullpen and they're terrible yeah and this year they're even worse
1: yeah and and as we all know you know if you've watched any amount of rockies games this year you know that that's been a big achilles heel and you know Noah and I talk often about that San Diego Padres series, but man, what if? One of the biggest what ifs of the season for me looking back is what if Mike Dunn can actually lock down that game and San Diego doesn't come back to win it in extras and the Rockies don't have to go through their bullpen just trying to survive that night. It set them up for the whole rest of the weekend. It set them up for the whole rest of you know, the, the schedule. And, and, you know, I, I asked Bud Black about that whenever I was with the team in San Diego recently, and Bud kind of blew it off a little bit, but I can tell you, you know, and you and I have looked at stats. We know, you know, that San Diego series and what's happened moving forward. And man, if done just could have done his job that night, you know, I would have been very curious to see the whole what if scenario after that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the numbers don't lie. And granted the Rockies, I actually swept the Diamondbacks in the series following that. But then they faced the buzzsaw of the Dodgers. And I mean, it's been totally off the rails by then.
1: And, and again, walk-offs, let's not forget how just emotionally gut punch that series was with all those walk-offs. And, you know, and again, going back to what ifs, man, you know, if they just could have survived Dodger stadium a little bit too, but, you know, Hey, what ifs uh, don't get you a whole lot in this league, as it
0: turns out. By the way, one, th- one point that I have to bring up. Um, somebody that we know well, especially you, um, Brian Kilpatrick on yep. Twitter, posted before yesterday's game, after the John Gray injury, with Tim Melville, how we were talking about him. And side note, just imagine... Going into August, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, your rotation would be Herman Marquez, Tim Melville, Chichi Gonzalez, Peter Lambert, and to be determined. With Kyle Freeland likely heading to the injured list, so that's either going to be Jeff Hoffman or um, Sensatella, I would yes. assume. Um, just imagine if I would have told you that that was the Rockies' rotation in August. But I digress yeah. on that. So, but Brian tweeted. This was before the game, mind you. Tim Melville is going is going to, I'm not going to say it here, he <laughs> uses a word that I'm not going to say, around and spend seven innings of one run ball. Tech? That is exactly what he did.
1: I, I will tell you, you know, <laughs> So
0: BK is a guy. Perfect oh, he, You know,
1: he, you know <laughs> BK is a guy that's obviously done this a long time and a huge tip of the cap to him. But he's also a guy that has kept really close eye on what's going on in the minors. And, you know, Tim Melville was not on a lot of our radars yesterday, let's be perfectly honest. But BK is a guy that, uh, you know, if he says keep an eye on, man, I, I, my ears perk up. So absolutely kudos to him for that, for sure. Uh, you know, and, and going back to Melville, I mean, you think about, you know, and I wrote about this last night, uh, you think about how much that was needed just emotionally by the Rockies to have some guy come in that he was meeting people still in the clubhouse, uh, you know, before the game, uh, you know, buddy said on <laughs> during the YouTube chat that, uh, you know, he just met him that day, didn't know a whole lot about him, everything else, but luckily, uh, you know, Dom Nunez knew him, uh, you know, and, and I think that Nunez calling that game and having already caught him twice in the minors, uh, just this month alone, I think that made such a world of difference and, and, how cool is it that a guy comes in and he knows in his head, he's got nothing to lose here. You know, no, nobody's really expecting much of him. And man, did he come out and just shine.
0: Yeah. And I mean, yesterday, if in case you weren't able to watch it, the YouTube game, since some people, uh, especially with the day game being on YouTube TV and not regular, um, uh, not a regularly televised game. They were saying that at the beginning of the game. What does he have to lose? I mean, he he could have gone out there and gone two innings and given up five runs. And you and I would be saying, "Would that that's not surprising considering, A, he just got back from Albuquerque. And, I mean, in May, the dude was pitching for the Long Island yeah. Ducks. Yeah, it, it- and then he goes out there and it's the Diamondbacks, it's it's not like he's facing the Orioles or Tigers, some god awful <laughs> team. And goes out there and throw gives up one run in seven innings.
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, big kudos to him. Uh and, and like you said, kudos to BK for the uh, the the Nostradamus like prediction there for sure. But you know, you you mentioned that whole rotation moving forward. And it's not pretty. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of questions with that. Uh, you know, we talked about on the last podcast, Herman and the issues that he's had with cramping in his last starts. We've, you know, Chi-Chi, uh, man, he, he looked good in Arizona for a little bit. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, uh, Peter Lambert, uh, certainly a guy that we've got to see some things from this year as far as growth, if he's going to be a part of that rotation next year. Uh, Melville, uh, if, if, my math is right, uh, and I'm not sure that it is. Let's be perfectly honest here, but I think he may be the guy to start the, the game against the Braves on Monday. Uh, and you'll have to check me on that one, my friend. Uh, but because I know he's going to miss the Cardinals series, which means he should have the Braves makeup game, day game at Coors. And hey, it's another YouTube game. What are the odds? So maybe. Maybe Tim Melville should just pitch all YouTube games the rest of the way. I mean, maybe that's the key to success right there. Um, yeah, I mean, there we go. But but it is a little bit scary when you think about that's your rotation, that TBD with either Hoffman or Senza, you know, unless they pull another surprise, let's be honest, which could happen. Uh, but that's the rotation that you're looking at then for the rest of the season. And your two games, you know, you've got the Red Sox coming in for two next week. You've got the Pirates coming in, you know, and then that September that you and I have talked about for so long, man, a lot of NL West road games, including six in Dodger Stadium. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a, ooh, you know, a, a thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, hopefully they can play the spoiler. In a sense, um, but I'll be really interested to see how the pitching staff fares. And I mean, let's be honest. The Rockies, I mean, this month they're playing better, but they still aren't playing great. Yeah. They're eight and 10. But the offense is doing their job. I noted that in my article this morning. The Rockies are hitting 300 this month. They're hitting 300 with a three fifty nine on base percentage, five ten slugging, and they're averaging five um, five point three runs a game, nearly two home runs a game as well. It's just the problem is the pitching staff is allowing more than six runs a game, so that's something with hopefully they'll start to see yeah. some growth with. Um, I mean, especially because in the month of August they faced the Diamondbacks six times. They faced the Padres, which, I mean, they're not a great offensive team, but they're, right now at least, they're a better team than the Rockies. And they also faced Houston for two games, and the pitching staff gave up a total of 25 runs in those two games. So, So, yeah, with the offense, you're seeing some people starting to perk up. Now can we actually have some growth and development in the pitching yeah. staff,
1: and and let's be honest, it's not you know it's not going to get easier. We know the problems that the Rockies always have in St. Louis. Uh, even good teams <laughs> struggle whenever the Rockies go to St. Louis. That's it's just part of it. So hopefully, this will be a time that uh, we'll see at least something and and and, no, I don't know how you're looking at this, but I'll be honest, I'm looking for silver linings at this point in the season. I'm looking for something positive. I'm looking for something that tells me this guy's got some moxie that can help him in twenty twenty. This guy's a guy who can be a part of their plans moving forward. that's what I'm looking for and I think this series against a cardinals team not only battling for the n l central lead but also a playoff spot you know and and sensing it and we know how. The best fans in baseball we know love their their playoff spots and haven't had it for a while. So I I think it's going to be really interesting to see how an undermanned Rockies team goes in there and how they perform.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like I said, with uh, and I mentioned it in the article as well, the Cardinals offense is not a particularly good offense. Um, considering they're hitting under 250 yeah. this season as a team. Um, and their pitching staff is doing well. So if the Rockies can actually hit against them, that yeah. could show a sign. But also, too, maybe this could be a time for the Rockies pitching since the Cardinals offense, like I said, is not that great. Maybe they can start to get some footing underneath them and start to pitch better throughout the season. Um, also, too, of note, since the Rockies have not seen the Cardinals this year, they have not seen Paul Goldschmidt this year, which side note with Paul Goldschmidt, he was drafted by the Dodgers out of high school. Just imagine wow. if he played with the Dodgers. Yeah. I that that would be a complete nightmare he's, he's for the Rockies. He's a big enough Rockies killer just in a Diamondbacks uniform in the
1: past. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and, and I'm using air quotes here, the old friend uh, who always seems to just butcher the Rockies, uh, much less uh, now with the Cardinals, and seeing
0: how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, and 123 games against the Rockies in his career. He has 145 hits, 38 doubles, 23 homers, 100 RBI, hitting 309 with a 414 on-base percentage and a 559 slugging percentage. By the way, for the uh RBIs, that is the most against any opponent, one more than uh, the next which is the Dodgers which he has 99 RBIs against. Um and that is third most in home runs. The most he has against are the Dodgers. Yeah, when Giants. when
1: McGregor Square opens up and they have the Rockies Hall of Fame, they should have like a villain section as well. And I would tell you, in recent history, Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> would have a huge picture there. You know, put him and Matt right next to each other. And I'm telling you, it would, be, it would be just something that would send shutters down every Rockies fan's uh, spine. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll be watching, we'll be seeing how how they fare uh and and you know, again as we mentioned, they come back for a weird one-game makeup against the Braves that snowed out back in April. Uh so let's not forget that. That was during the bomb cyclone time for all you uh, Denver folks who remember that so well. Uh so the the Braves come back for one game Monday afternoon YouTube at Coors Field. Uh, so there are no off days coming up for a little bit. Uh, so the Rockies are just going to have to kind of grin and bear it and keep moving forward. So, uh, so Noah, we are we're about twenty minutes here. Any uh, final thoughts on this Cardinals series?
0: With pitching, like I said, let's see if they can actually get some footing underneath them overall for the Cardinals. They have one player and that's Marcelo Zuna who has an OPS plus above 110. The next highest is Goldschmidt at 107. So overall of their top players, I mean, they have, or I should say they're everyday players. They have five players that are right around the league average and a lot of them are under like Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter <laughs> sitting 212. So, um, Harrison Bader is hitting 196. So it's not like these are it, the 2011 Cardinals or anything like right. that with Matt right. holiday, Albert Pujols, Carlos Beltran. Um, so let's see if the pitching staff can actually get some get some good outings and see some development. And with the offense, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Jack Flaherty, since I, and I noticed, I noted it in the article as well. Jack Flaherty, who will be starting, I believe on Friday, since July 7th, which was his last start before the All-Star break, he has an ERA of 0.89. He's given up five runs and eight starts. So that's not going to be a cakewalk. Dakota Hudson, um, is pitched not quite as well, but pretty well. And he didn't allow any hits to the Braves and hit, Braves, Brewers in his, um, last start. He went six and two thirds innings and the Brewers, I mean, there, it's not like they're an awful offense. I mean, they've got some pretty good hitters in there. Yelich, Braun, Moustakis. So, and he was able to shut them down. So it'll be really interesting to see with the Rockies offense surging as of late. See if they can continue it through this. For yeah, my series. dad is
1: a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan, uh, and I can tell you every day we talk about the Cardinals, and every day he gripes about Matt Carpenter. I mean, that's just that's the bane of his existence. I I fully believe him and Dexter Fowler. Uh, he's not a big Dexter fan either, uh, but I know he was very happy recently when the Cardinals recalled uh, Harrison Bader. So I have no doubt that uh Carpenter and Bader and Goldschmidt will just go on a tear this this trip, uh, you know, and I'll never hear the end of it from my dad. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, <laughs> you no, know, it's gonna be an interesting series and, and and again, uh, you know, what do we expect? Who knows? But it's gonna be something that I think we're very interested just to see the small steps taken, hopefully forward by this team. So, Noah, as always, man, enjoy the talk, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again probably as we get back to Coors Field next week uh, for a big uh, homestand. Yeah, just yeah, bring them all many in. Absolutely. Two you know, we'll day games on Monday. Hey, let's, <laughs> let's have some fun. Why not? So, anyway, hey, thanks to all of you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your time, and uh, we always try to keep these short and information filled. Certainly, we hope you're subscribed to us and certainly hope you give us some good ratings as well. If you like what you hear, let us know. If you don't like what you hear, hey, let us know because we always want to make these good use of your time. But for now, for my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, it's Kevin Henry, signing off and inviting you. Check out all the good stuff we've got on RocksFile.com. Colleague, Noah Yingling, it's Kevin Henry. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.